Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. to America's Heroes Group. We have, we have our topic today, which is America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner Indiana DAV Chapter 17. Disabled American veterans here in Indiana, close to Indiana. May is Mental Health Awareness and Military Caregiver Month. Today is Saturday, May 14, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm the co-host, Sean Claiborne. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a panelist on here today, a very treasured guest, Arthurine Jones. She's retired 27 years of the U.S. military, U.S. Army, a lieutenant colonel, and now she's a veteran with us today on the show. How are you doing, Arthurine? How are you doing? It's so good to be here. It's our pleasure. So you have a, you, you have a participation in a group called Brave Little Heart Organization the Pennsylvania Brave Little Heart Organization. What is that organization all about? Okay, I'm glad you asked me about that. Brave Little Hearts for Michael and Friends is an organization uh, founded in Pennsylvania. There was a little guy, he was almost three years old, who lived with half of a heart until he couldn't any longer. He passed away with congenital heart disease. However, his father, who's a veteran Marine, in order to heal his broken heart after losing Michael, he and his wife decided to found this organization so that they could help other children and their families manage their life while they also uh, had to face the uh, challenges of uh, CHD, which is congenital heart disease. Hmm. And so he, he was a caregiver. You talked about this month is a month uh, where we honor and recognize caregivers, it is not an easy job. I'm a caregiver as well now. Wow. I can understand that. So tell me what some of the things that you guys do. And you also have an event coming up, teaser alert. So we have, you have an event coming up pretty soon. What are some yes, of the activities that you do every day for these, these kids? Okay, well, they have, like, congenital walks. And uh, they've also, for their hard work, they've been recognized by the state of Pennsylvania where they honored Michael's life by uh, making March 6th hypoplastic left heart syndrome day. Hmm. And so I'm so excited because I will be going to the event that they have on May 22nd, 2022, which is next Sunday, and my birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. So I'll be going there, and what's more exciting to me is that I'm going to be meeting up with my veteran comrades and a lot of organizations that support veterans because they're going to have an entire side of the room that's going to be set aside for those who serve and also for those who assist who are kind of sort of caregivers for veterans. So um, I'm excited about going there, and I know what's going to happen. You know, it's not a gloom and doom day. It's going to be a day of fun and excitement. There's a brunch. They're going to have a comedian, a magician. Mm. But what I'm more excited about is in my section where I'm going to be sitting with my veterans with my dress blues on, we're going to have 
engagement and some invigorating conversations because it never fails. We get together, and I just ask them, what are some concerns or what are some issues that you face or some of the veterans face here? So I'll be in Pennsylvania, and I know that they're going to talk loud. We're going to brainstorm, and, hey, we're going to come up with some solutions. It always happens that way. There are going to be some similarities, but I know that there are going to be some differences because of the demographics of Pennsylvania. So I know that there will be some networking going on. I'll be getting some information to put in my toolbox. And that's kind of like what I do. Uh, when I go to another state for whatever event that's supporting a veteran, I make sure that they invite veterans so that we can get, you know, involved in this engagement because it helps all of us. Who knows best about what a veteran needs and what they're going through than a veteran? Mm-hmm. But the thing that you're doing is actually good for the entire community. That's the thing I think that's so, that's so great about what about this event because, I mean, I never really realized how common, I guess maybe something, I don't know if it's been this way forever, but how common heart problems are for children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are some really live statistics out there. But you know what? They said this baby wouldn't be born. He lived a year in the hospital. He came home and lived almost to his third birthday. And I went to visit him. I mean, you know, the the challenges that caregivers have, you know, trying to make sure that the medical people come there. A lot of times they don't show up. But this baby had to be watched 24-7. This trach had to be checked. Otherwise, he would have suffocated to death. But a loving family... Man, it makes a difference. This baby lived longer than any of the doctors thought he would. And what a blessing. There's hope for, for other families. Do you think well, you said the child was a, was a child of a veteran family? Yes. Uh-huh. His dad was a, well, his dad is a, is a Marine. So you know He's he a Marine. quit on his, on his child. Oh, no, absolutely not. Hey, <laughs> he pulled his forces together. And they had 24-hour operations. Whether or not the nurses came in, they were there. The grandma retired from her job. The mother quit her job. The dad, he quit his job. Wow. And by the grace of God, they made it work. Hmm. And you know what else? My granddaughter, she was looking at colleges. We were going all around for colleges, and, and she got hooked up with this baby. She wanted to go there. She's in film and television. She did a documentary where she interviewed the families and she interviewed the people. She stayed up at night with that baby. That baby couldn't talk. But after she was with him, he started saying, me, me. And on that five-minute documentary, this family had that. At the end, she said he has another surgery, a major surgery, in six months. But he didn't survive that. But, hey, his heart still continues to beat. And my baby has graduated from film and television and she's going to continue that documentary and she's going to continue volunteering but she still works you know, she has a job before she even uh, graduated she got a job but she said that she still wants to do volunteer work for veterans and their wow. families I think that's really so the legacy goes on it goes on All right I'll make sure when that documentary comes out let us know when it comes out so we can promote it and also talk about it here on America's Heroes Group and also audience make sure you see us on Facebook live we're live streaming right now on Facebook so you can see what's going on and get the information resources and, and uh, connections that you need in order to make your life better for yourself and for your community so this is the thing we're talking about we're talking about how veterans come together to do this event coming up this May and then also we have uh, a situation where veterans rallied around someone in the community, a fellow veteran, 
but people in the community to, to make life better. But I think that discipline and also that, like I said, that preparation in some cases you might want to say from uh, military training, the perseverance and the long-suffering and the endurance that it takes to get through military life sometimes, even get some of the struggles and tours of duty that people have to go through in day-to-day um, life in the military, that prepares you for life challenges, some of the worst challenges you can think of. I can't think of anything worse than losing a child. Absolutely. Wow. So now, so so tell us more about this event that's coming up. Tell us again when the event is. Tell us how to get there. Tell us uh, the social media information about it. Okay, well, it's going to be at the Normandy Farm in the Silos Ballroom, and that's at 1401 Morris Road, Bluebell, Pennsylvania, 19422. We're going to have a brunch that's going to be prepared by their chefs there. There's going to be an open cash bar. I don't indulge. However, I know that people do like to have their nice little glass. <laughs> and I know that's going to engage in more conversation, but conversation is good. And it's healthy to get along, especially after this pandemic. Get together when you can, while you can. There's going to be a comedian. There's going to be a magician. And uh, we're just going to get information out, too. So that people know the importance of uh, taking care of your heart, having healthy hearts, and then leaving no comrade behind, which is the military. We know all about that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. So what do you think is the most important thing about heart care? Well, you know, I think eating right, exercise, sleeping, praying and not worrying, and now, after this pandemic, socialization is important. We rely on each other. No man or woman is an island. We need each other. Mm-hmm. You can talk through things. You can vent. You can hug. You can make it through together. We can make it through together. My mother died of a heart, a heart disease. She was 50, 59 years old when she had a heart, heart attack, and she lived until 60. So it's real, and unfortunately, people are not eating right. All this fast food, you know, we're sitting as couch potatoes with these uh, iPads and, and, and cell phones. We're not getting out there walking and running and enjoying the fresh air. We're not sleeping and resting because we're worried about our mortgages. We're worried about our children. We're worried about just worrying about. So all those story. things impact our hearts. Hmm. So what is so this one thing I noticed too? A lot of veterans, some veterans are like you know you got the guys like Jocko, you know who's out there. He's a Navy SEAL, has his podcast, and he's you know jacked and everything. He's you know muscle bound, mm-hmm. probably bigger than down than he was in, in the Navy SEALs. But then you have the like a lot of veterans who we go through a period where we're getting into PT. We, you know some of us weren't that great going in shape going into the military. Some of us were. But then we go through the regimen of going through PT, physical training, and then making sure that we get our, our minds right, our body right, ready for military life. And then we get discharged. Then that day when it comes to your ETS, when you get your, your DD2, DD214, all of a sudden now you sit around eating potato chips and everything. How do you stay in that mentality of exercising and doing the right things like you did when you were younger? You know what? You got a plan for retirement. And you're already exercising. And you've got comrades. Get up, take a shower, get dressed, and get out there. Walking, running. 
you've got to do it. Your life depends on it. Mm. You got to do it. Yeah. I always believe that if you could do find something that's fun to do, like, you know, I wanted to get back into martial arts, but I never, I just haven't done it. I mean, I don't know what's, what I'm waiting for. Do it. Do time, it. Do it, brother. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I know time is, <laughs> time is, is the, of the essence and everything like that. Sometimes better easier said than done. But then, but that's, but I always believe that if you can find an activity that you enjoy doing that's fun for you, that's your best chance of getting into exercise. Cause, and I know eating right is nine tenths of the battle. If you can just eat right, you're basically, you know, there for the most part. And it's so hard to eat right because fast food's right there. And I feel for these younger, this younger generation, the kids that are coming out today, because when we were growing up, and I was growing up, you know, my generation, I mean, going to McDonald's wasn't like an everyday thing. Going to McDonald's was actually a treat. Going to a fast food right. was a treat. You know, mm-hmm. that wasn't like something you did as a regular sustenance, as a regular meal. Kids nowadays eating McDonald's and fast food every day. As a regular, as this dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever, it's an everyday thing. And even as as uh, as regular everyday people, adults, I mean, it's not before. I mean, people didn't just drive through the drive. The drive through was there because oh, you, you know, every now and again you get you know, treat yourself, get some McDonald's, whatever. But now we're doing it. We're going to McDonald's every day for breakfast, getting the coffee, getting you know mm-hmm. the, the McMuffin, whatever, and stuff. We're doing that all the time. Everybody's working. Nobody has time to go and do the groceries and cook those homemade meals. Or you live in an area where you don't have access to fresh produce. So is there are a lot of reasons why. Hmm. So how is the family doing now? The family, this child that passed away, how are they doing and how are they holding up? What are their thoughts on their experience? Oh my. This family, I tell you, they have a pilgrimage of brave little heart. They founded it in 2015 when he passed. They started putting care packages together for moms with babies in uh, cardiac intensive care. In Philadelphia, this hospital is called Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. They did a walk, a hard mom walk and shop fundraiser. They've done uh, awareness where they, you know, bring in people to talk about heart. They've partnered with schools so that the children can put together films on what heart disease is and what you can do to combat it. I mean, they, they work with the local police department. And if you want to just, if you want to read more about it, want to see more, just go to www.bravelittleheart.org. Again, that's www.bravelittleheart.org. You can get information. Uh, you can even purchase uh, a ticket if you're in the Philadelphia area. It's going to be fun because I'm going to be there. <laughs> And then, so are there, are there chapters across the country? Uh, for Brave Little Hearts, no, they don't. No. But we've been all over. I mean, uh, the grandmother and I, we went to Panama. We made huge, big signs on the ship. Brave Little Hearts. We have shirts. We just came back from California visiting my granddaughter. We had our Brave Little Hearts uh, shirts on, and people asked, what's that all about? All I need to do is get my foot in the door, and then I can talk about Brave Little Hearts. So we're traveling all over with it. And then people are wondering and asking about it. You know, how do they maneuver? You know, you have a baby that's uh, in intensive care. Okay, you sit in the reception area. Okay, you have to pay for parking. There's a way to circumvent that. You need to eat. There are things that you can do. You don't have that information. There are ways that you can bring that child home. Some people leave the child at the hospital because they're a single parent or they're both working, and they can't do it because it's 24-7. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
they are helping to educate and advocate for these families. And it's, it's working. Uh, matter of fact, I met a young lady, 32 years old, who had a special condition with her. Hmm. Her mother, they found her, and she's one that helps advocate for them. And we're going to have some families there, too, that we're sponsoring. And let, let them know they have hope. This family is out there, and they are amazing. I think it's really important the work that you're doing. I mean, my, myself, I have AFib. I mean, that's just the honest to God truth. So I understand, like, heart, how important heart health is and also making sure that you got to do the right things. And I understand the struggle and the and the, and the, and the, the that's not easy trying to uh, kick that thing in the butt, you know. But the thing the work that you're doing, I think, is important because it's getting the information, the knowledge out there. So before it becomes a problem, you can actually yeah. start to actually do something about it, starting to uh, create healthy behaviors and understanding the importance of nutrition. And maybe yeah, we maybe, all have a heart. We all born with the heart. Right. And yeah, but also, but, the, but the, even the environment that we're in, getting the resources in the community, you talked a little bit about food deserts, getting those resources in the community so people have healthier foods to eat. Exactly. And you know what else? Good dental uh, medical care. Hmm. I believe that my mother's heart was damaged because she had um, an infection of the gum. Wow. That causes heart disease. And heart attacks. Wow. So it's deep. It's deep. Where everything connects to the heart. All the blood flows to the heart. You know, without that heart, you can't pump mm-hmm. no blood. Absolutely. And I'm glad because it's connecting me with my veterans. I love my veterans. <laughs> I love my veterans. I do. So what's next for the for the organization? Do you do you want to set up chapters in uh, under different states? I think it should come out to Illinois. Well, you know what? I'm in. I'm actually. Right here in Illinois, I'm in Illinois, Austin. I live here in Illinois, but my chapters are, I have one chapter that I just love, and that's uh, Chapter 17 in Hammond, Indiana. And the reason why I love them is because they are really about fulfilling the promises to men and women who have served this country. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm there. It's a group of them. Uh, they care about people. They make you feel at home. They help you in every way. And so, I, you know, I, I, I believe in it. When I believe in something, I'm all in it. Mm-hmm. The thing that's cool about the DAV is that the DAV stands for Disabled American Veterans, but the DAV is very, very able. You put the able, you take the dis out of disabled, you make it able. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely right. And, and most of the people, I think the, all of the members uh, have disabilities, but so, they take that, they take that, like you said, that D out of it, and we are able. We go out and help. I mean, I called them and said, hey, I got a lady here, and she she's a veteran, and she, she needs some help. And, boy, they said, when and where? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is amazing. And, and we are just excited about the walk that we're going to have on May the 28th, and that's going to be in the Wicker Memorial Park in Highland, Indiana. It's going to be a fun, fun day. I'm going to be out there, so you know it's going to be fun. <laughs> that's May 28th <laughs> in Wicker Park? In Hammond, yes, that's Highland? in Highland, Highland, Indiana, yes. Mm-hmm. I think I passed through, uh, through there a lot. I think, about, I think I passed mm-hmm. on the way to Dyer. I work in Dyer sometimes. So uh, oh, Wicker okay. Park, that's in the Highland? Yes, all you do is... Uh, 
if you're coming from the Chicago area, Illinois, just get on uh, 8094. You get to Indianapolis Boulevard. You uh, get off. You go right. And then you get to the first, the second light, and you'll see the park. It's a beautiful, uh, they play golf there. Oh, it's beautiful. Trees are beautiful. Oh, it's just a beautiful, confident place. We also have our picnics out there. And then when you're out there, you're going to have service offices there. So if you're a veteran, you know, and you want to talk about benefits, they will stop what they're doing and take your claim right then and there. That's how much they care about helping a fellow veteran. Wow. And I think that's really cool about the DAV, too, is that that's one thing that's really, really, really important, veterans, and also people that are family members of veterans. The DAV will help you with your claims, making sure that yes. you get the, the benefits that you deserve. One of the most challenging Absolutely. things being a veteran, especially if you need those services, is trying to get access to your services and benefits because you got to fill a ton about, of paperwork. Yeah, you have to talk about it, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for veterans to open up. But they will open up to each other because they know, hey, you understand where I'm coming from. You went through this, too. You're not going to condemn me. You know, I have this uh, survival guilt, but you understand. You, know, you saw it happen. You saw killings. You did some things that you thought you would never do because you took that oath. So, you know, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It, it does make a difference. I just love my DAV Chapter 17. <laughs> and I have to say Hammond, Indiana. There's one in Illinois. I've never been there. But, hey, I love my Hammond, Indiana, DAV Chapter 17. And how long have you been with the DAV? Oh, my gosh. I'm a lifetime member. Uh, I don't know. I was all broken when I went there. One of my buddies that I would run with all the time, he, he and his wife said, you got to go. You got to go to this meeting. I said, oh, I don't want to go. I'm okay. And they came literally and said, we're driving you there. Hmm. And I went there. about 350 people in there looking at me. And they said, get wow. up, tell us who you are. And that was the beginning. Wow. I found family there. Bob Carnegie, oh, my goodness. I just love that guy. Because his life is DAV. You see him driving? And he's driving a DAV vehicle, going to help veterans. Hmm. It's amazing. It's just like a contagious disease of good being a member of DAV. And you guys meet every month, once a week. How often do you meet? Yeah, we meet the first uh, the first Friday of every month. Okay. And then how often do you get new members? Wait a minute. It may be the first Thursday of every first month. First Thursday? Okay. All right. How often mm-hmm. do you get new members? It seems like every time we have a meeting, some people come in. Matter of fact, the last meeting that I was uh, attending, I, I'm at the mic talking about women issues. I'm the women uh Women Veterans Liaison, so I'm talking about some issues uh, that have come up recently. And I looked up and I said, oh, my God, Captain Camarillo. <laughs> See, and I went to Iraq together. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was her officer in charge. And she was there and told me, ma'am, I said, what you doing here? She said, my dad is a member. I said, your dad is a veteran? I wow. didn't know it. But, hey, apple does not fall too far from the tree, right? Mm-hmm. That's it's always right. a reunion when we get together. I went to a uh, hundred pretty purses. Uh, Yvette uh, Jones Swanson. She founded that. She was a veteran, and she came back. She was homeless. Mm-hmm. She got on her feet. <laughs> she got her real estate license. She's selling homes, and now she's helping female veterans. And went there, and I ran into four of my comrades from Iraq. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God, we had to get together. We had to take photographs. One was the DJ. I took him over to Iraq. He was 19 years old. Wow. He couldn't drink, couldn't vote, but he could die for his country. Mm. And now he's a coach and he's a teacher. And his wife, I took her over there, and now they have twin boys. So the four of us got together, and it was like a reunion, you know? I always wondered this. I always had this question because you kind of went through this and you kind of talked about this a couple of times in our show. What? How does? What's the mindset like of someone um, who says, "Okay, I'm, I'm." You may not be happy. And sometimes when you're when you're not happy, you start to get used to not being happy. So you don't even realize anymore that you're not happy. Mm. But then when somebody brings it to your attention and says, "You know what? You know, there's this is how you used to be. This is how you are today. There's definitely been a change in your behavior. I mean, some maybe something mm. you need to talk about or deal with, whatever." But then you have it in front of you. You know, you realize that yes, there is something I need to deal with. But instead of getting the help or getting the suggestion, maybe going to the DAV or or getting around people that can actually uplift you and, and encourage you, you just go to a mode where you just say, "You know what? I can just handle this on my own. I'm just going to just deal with this by myself, or I got it under control." What make, what motivates people to feel that way? Is it a motivation that they feel that way, or is it something that there is? There, is it something else going on inside their brain? Well, I, you know, I I'm not a professional in it, but I just do know that people be hurting. You hurt from something. Something happened. Something occurred. You hurt, and oftentimes when we we don't get it resolved, we just cover it up. We cover it up. We cover it up. We cover it up. Yeah, because it's so easy not to deal with it. Then we do change. We're not the person we used to be. Anybody who went to war, you don't come back the same. Uh, there's no way you can come back the same. Mm-hmm. That's what people need to realize so, is that when you mm-hmm. go into so take that oath and go, over, go overseas and get deployed, you're not coming back the same person. You're not. And, and, and it's, it's the people who know you. It's your friends, your family, your comrades. They around you all the time before and after. They know. And so they tell you. And I think that love, you know, love conquers all. As a matter of fact, I had buddies that, you know, they weren't in the military, but they knew I was not myself, and they flew in and took me mm. to the VA. So, you know, and after going there and, and had to just kind of make me go, and I just said, look, I don't want to go. And they said, okay, when we go, when you're ready to leave, we will leave. And because I trusted them and knew they cared about me, I went. And that was the beginning of my healing. And it's going to be, I realize it's going to be a lifetime journey. But helping others through what I'm going through helps me. First, you got to recognize you have a problem. Oftentimes, like you said, people have to bring it to your attention because you're covering it up. But once you realize there's a problem, then, hey, that's 50% of going in the right direction. Now, okay, something's wrong with me. Okay, now I got to identify what it is, what's the cause and effect, then how can I fix it? Arthurine Jones, retired 20 years, a U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel veteran. We appreciate your time. May 28th, Wicker Park, Highland, Indiana. Be there. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.
Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.